entrepreneur so I'm born that brew. You are now listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's grow! Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Adam McChesney, and I want to thank you for being here today. If you're listening, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. We would love for you to share this on social media by tagging me and our guests, and this way we can get the incredible content out to more people. I've been excited for this episode since we booked it a while back. I've known this guy for about the last 18 months or so, and I'm a massive believer in leveling up and changing in all areas of your life in a very relatively short period of time due to the stories and journeys like today's guest, which we'll dive into here in a little bit. He is a plumber by trade, but really one of the brightest entrepreneurial minds I've met, especially when it comes to building a culture, branding, marketing, and much more. I met him through Apex and then actually got to meet him last uh, summer, uh, speaking at an event just outside, outside of Kansas City, where he resides. And then after that, I ended up going to his event, which he threw, which we'll talk about his community called Tradewinds later. Uh, and I was a speaker at that event. My guest today is Mitch Spedley. He is the uh, president at Smedley Plumbing and also the host host of The Void podcast and a mentor at Tradewinds. Mitch, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. And thanks for those kind words. Yeah, no, man. It's been uh, it's been fun watching your journey. I see your post all the time and even like the stuff that I see sometimes will hit me in the face. And then I'll also see like some of the marketing ideas and just things that you're throwing out there. I'm like, man, but whether it's the the little mini truck or it's the shirts or it's the dog bones, man, I just I just love your mind. Yeah. Man. Yeah. We uh we try to have as much fun with the branding thing as possible. Yeah. It uh it keeps it interesting and keeps it lively, but it also it's you kind of put you into a position where it's like, well, we gotta top what we did last time. <laughs> so you're constantly searching for new ideas. Always got to raise the floor. Love it, man. Well, well, tell us a little bit. You know, obviously, I know quite a bit about you, but for those that that don't know all about you, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got started in the entrepreneurial space, a little bit about your background, all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, I've been a plumber since 2001. Um, so what is that, like 22 years in the trade, 23 years in the trade, something like that. And um a lot of my career was spent in management of other companies managing their plumbing departments or starting their plumbing departments. And so uh, in 2020, we decided to start our own company called Smedley Plumbing. And it was it it came off a lot easier than what we expected, just because I was taking a lot of the knowledge that I already knew worked from all of my other management experience. And so we you know hit the ground running and we were up to a three truck operation uh, within our first year of business. And now we've got, uh, five trucks and nine employees and, and looking to looking to grow more mm, of it. And so you've done obviously a, a lot in a relatively short period of time. You mentioned obviously taking some of those things that you learned working for other people. I know a lot of the people that have listened to this podcast, they're either newer entrepreneurs or they're potentially looking at like making the leap. What would you tell to like, the version of you back then as you were like working for somebody else, but knowing that you probably wanted to do your own thing, what's some advice that you're like, Hey, I wish I would have known or taken that a little bit more seriously. Yeah. If anything, I, I approached everything kind of slow. You know, I, I was in the trade for like 19 years before we started our company. And so, um, that's kind of rare. A lot of people they're in the trade five or six years and then they start their own company. So, um, I'm not going to say one way is right over the other, but 
I did have the benefit of the management experience and everything else to really reduce the amount of mistakes that that I could have made. Um, but uh, once you take that leap and things start plugging together, um, you you get yourself into a a better position, more freedom, a little bit better financially, and things like that. And so, you know, there's trade offs. I, I could have gotten into that position sooner mm. by starting sooner. But also uh, by starting later, I was able to start very safely and, uh, you know, reduce a ton of risk that way. Yeah. Was there a particular like <laughs> event or point when you were at that other company where, or in those other positions? Right. And in 19 years where you're like, now I'm going to make the pivot and bet on myself. Yeah. So um, I, I spent 10 years managing a plumbing department at one company and we had some like uh, general management uh, friction there, not, not necessarily friction in a bad way, but there were a lot of, you, like you said earlier, I've got all these crazy and wild ideas that I want to do. And I wasn't able to do them there. Yeah. And so I got offered another job at a, a managing a larger plumbing company. And that was where the seed really started was, um, you know, I'm going to take this other job. I'm going to learn a little bit different style of management, and that's going to be what it takes to prepare me to start my own. Mm. Well, that job, uh, the culture at that job was like in the toilet, no pun intended, but it, I mean, it was bad. Mm. And so I didn't quite have the time that I needed. I was trying to pay off a little bit of personal debt before we started our company. And so that job ended about six months before I was ready. And so I took a different job. I found another company here in Kansas City that was looking to start um, a plumbing department. They had never, they'd been in business for 30 years doing HVAC, had never done plumbing. They wanted to start. And I had all of these, like, you know, my, my playbook, so to speak of like how I would start a company. And so I was given the opportunity to basically run my playbook at that company and start them a plumbing department. And so I was there for seven months and we got them up and running with, uh, by the time I left, they were doing about 70 or 80 grand a month in revenue mm. um, and 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 doing really well. They had two or three plumbers on staff already and and everything. So it the, the moment that switch happened and things started clicking, there was a, a very vivid day in January of 2020 where I texted my wife and I'm like, we're doing this, like <laughs> absolutely doing this. I've This is now the third or fourth company that I've started or built or grown their plumbing departments. Like I don't have a, a blip on my track record. The track record's good. It's time that we just do this for ourselves. And, and she replied back like, okay, let's do it. You know, yeah, that's and, awesome. and 2020 was kind of a wild year. This was in <laughs> January of 2020. Yeah. You know, none of the whole COVID stuff was really you know, being talked about yet or anything else that didn't really start getting wild and crazy until like March. Yeah. And so we stayed the course through all of that and everything. And she was sending me texts and asking me like, are you sure you still want to do this? I'm like, yep, now's mm -hmm. the time. And so we opened in August of 2020 and haven't looked back. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So crazy year. Cause that was the year that the chief, the chiefs won the super bowl too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, you decide to go all in chiefs when the super bowl COVID happens and you're still like, all right, we're going to do this. And then yeah. you just go and do it. So yeah, we're making that, it happen. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Back, back <laughs> against the wall, creating that environment and just taking things full steam ahead. Um, one of the questions that I had for you, cause I know obviously like you mentioned, like being in a place where the culture wasn't great and like that, obviously not helping the situation in that company. Um, 
but I, from the outside looking in, like I see the culture that you've built. I see how you not only have the core values, but how you live and breathe by those core values as well. Um, what was it like when you're like, hey, I'm going and building this new company that's got my name on it, that's my baby, that's all these things, and then removing yourself from like doing a lot of the activity in the company, like going out to people's homes and actually doing the plumbing work. Like what was that like in that transition like for you now doing it when it's your baby. Yeah, it so believe it or not that like I'm really grateful for that horrible uh stent that I did at that other company for 18 months because they showed me how bad it can be. Mm. And um when you know how bad it can be, it it puts you in a position where you never want to go back to there. And yeah. and especially if you're creating your own company, you get the choice to create whatever kind of company you want, you know. Sure. And so I, you know, as we were writing all of our business plans and everything for hours, you know, great culture was part of it right out of the gate. And so um, that was kind of cool to be able to be inspired by such a bad opportunity and then be able to flip it around and say, because they were so bad, we will be amazing. Mm -hmm. And and I don't want to like it's kind of weird. I don't want to give them too much credit for a lot of my inspiration, but they definitely get some credit for the inspirations that, that led us to do a lot of the things that we do in our company, mm -hmm. because you watch somebody do it so horribly wrong. And you just sit there and look at it. Like it doesn't have to be that way. So let's just do it the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like what you talked about as well as mm -hmm. like, the the culture aspect or like what you learn from that other company where you're like I don't know a hundred percent what I want but I do know what I don't want and yes. I think that that's a that's a really not like unique or out of the box thing in the contracting space but like I, and I don't I can't remember how many reviews you guys have but you guys like have like is it like eight or nine hundred like yeah just yeah, over eight hundred reviews so like in a short period of time that's absolutely insane like your attention to detail like throughout the whole aspect of the customer journey the before the follow-up process all that stuff like has to be a complete game changer for you guys otherwise other companies would be doing it you know the same way they're just not so what did you guys do from like that customer experience aspect or like the community building which i know you're very big in as well like what was that like for you yeah so we you know watching you know watching how you can do it wrong we were able to i'm, I'm kind of a process guy i'm not i'm not a process geek by no means but are you I are you do, more the visionary the, the integrator or a little bit of both i'm a, I'm a little bit of both i'm going to say like 75 percent visionary 25 percent integrator mm. and and i've had to work on the integration side of things for sure mm -hmm. if you if you lean towards the visionary side it can make it very difficult to implement a lot of stuff and so um but using the inspiration of the vision um, you know, the, the vision was so strong. It's like, I have to figure out how to integrate this because if I don't match what's in my head as my vision hmm. and I'm going to be upset, right. I'm not going to be happy with what I've created. And so you kind of use that to, to push you, but we, we shaped our customer experience. Like we literally have a very detailed process for, um, how we control the customer experience based off of, things that we do and things that we say and the order at which they're said and, and all of that stuff. And this isn't like a script. It's more or less like bullet points that 
you know, our dispatchers, they need to say these things. I don't care what order you say I'm in, dispatch has to accomplish all these things on the phone call. And then um, our technician, when they call the customer that we're headed that way, they need to say all of these bullet points. And again, can be whatever order, they just need to be said. And so we tried to find the balance of, uh, like nobody likes a script. Uh, people, you know, sales guys don't like a script. Customers, whenever they've called you back for service and the next guy's saying the exact same thing the first guy said, it kind of puts customers off a little bit. So we found a way to give customers this consistent experience without the robotic nature of of the script. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's putting the customer first and in, in not being so robotic about it, being very, very hands-on and understanding what people want and meeting them where they're at, which I love. Yeah. Um, what, what would you say like over the last couple of years has been like your biggest hurdle or like the thing that you've had to overcome that you just were like, man, maybe I wasn't expecting it or maybe I was expecting it, but like that was just the hardest freaking thing. Yeah, for me – um, my vision, when I started the company, my vision was too small. Mm. I had visions of like getting to three trucks and getting to a million dollars a year in revenue. And we did that like really fast. And so I'm like, well, crap, what do I do now? Mm. You know? And so there was a little bit of like vision reshaping of where exactly we want to go from there. And I had things that I was telling myself I wanted to do, but it wasn't really my vision. It was just kind of like, wouldn't it be nice kind mm. of stuff. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the, the biggest hurdle I've encountered has been making the transition from like hustler, the guy that's got to do all the things to like Lombardi, <laughs> the guy who's never touches the football. And and he's he's just calling all of the shots and asking questions and empowering the team to do all the things. Um, so, you know, leadership has been has been one of the hardest things. I'm the kind of guy that likes to lead by example. Mm -hmm. Well, it makes it really easy to lead by example if you pull yourself out of the field. <laughs> and and so, um, you know, having to change that to, to where now I lead by inspiration instead of example. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, a it's a transition I'm currently going through as well right now. And it's not a it's not an easy one by any means. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of us do lead by the example. And I always tell like I was telling uh, my partner the other day, uh, or he's, he's also our COO. And, you know, I'm the visionary guy, and he's a COO. And I'm telling him, I'm like, man, you know, when I was my own individual franchisee, and then when I ran my own agency, and when I worked for somebody else, I could always solve 99% of problems by just hard work and doing it myself. Well, now yeah. we have 120 employees, hundreds of clients and all these things like you can't outwork those problems. You got to work smarter and figure out how to lead people and have yeah. them solve those problems. Right. Right. So, and that's the, that's where thankfully I do have a knack for processes and things like that. It makes it a little bit easier to, um, identify a problem and very quickly build the process so that this problem doesn't happen again. We had it just like literally just Monday. Mm. Um, we had, or I guess it was, it was Tuesday. We had, we had an issue come up Tuesday where, um, it was a thing that was verbal. Like everybody kind of knew how to do it, but everybody was kind of doing it differently. And then the perfect storm aligned and it turned into a disaster. And so I'm like, okay, there that's a, we just got to write the new process for 
how everybody does it. And then I we wrote it on Tuesday, implemented it on Wednesday. And then you get a little bit of pushback from your guys. You know, well, I've always done it this way. And and then another guy says, well, I've always done it this way. And I kind of let them all talk. And I'm like, that's exactly why we needed to make the process because you did it your way and it worked, but you did it your way and it worked and you did it your way and it worked. And the problem is everyone's doing it differently. And so we needed some consistency there. And yeah, usually that's how simple it is to, to identify where a process is needed. Yeah. No, it's a, I love how you walk through that process, especially with the employee pushback and, and letting them all, you know, voice why they believe X, Y, and Z. Cause I think that's one of the things that as you start to do these things, if you haven't done them already, uh, one, you can just implement them and then try to get your employees on board and be like, no, it's this way or the highway. But usually they, when they talk out loud, they almost talk themselves into the reason behind why you actually need to implement the SOP or the, the process and the procedure. So, uh, yeah. so, so love that. And so kind of transitioning a little bit, I know obviously you have trade winds, which we'll talk about here in a second, but you joined, you know, apex, for example, um, I think it was right after MDM or right around MDM of, yep. uh, 2022. So yep. what has that done for the progression of, of your business, but also just like, I know you've had transitions as a entrepreneur and a father and a husband and all that stuff. What is investing in yourself and being around the right people done for you? That's been, an absolute game changer and in ways that I never expected. Um, when I signed up to go to Million Dollar Mastermind in 2022, um, I felt like I had kind of taken my business as far as I could with my vision and my inspiration. And so now I needed to get around, you know, the classic term, get around like-minded people, right? <laughs> and, and you know, try to see where we could go from there. And then I got there, so like the, like the night before I'm flying out, my wife and I get in this massive argument, biggest argument of our marriage, like the divorce words getting thrown out and everything else. And, and I'm like, well, now this thing, this business thing has to work because I don't think I'm going to have a marriage to come home to when, when all this is said and done. And, and so I get to MDM and realize that it has a whole lot more to do with relationships than business. Mm. And most of the speakers on the stage at MDM were crediting a lot of their success to the relationship with their spouse. And so here I think I'm coming to like a business conference and it turns out I'm coming to like a marriage slash relationship conference. And so I came home and uh, kind of put the business on the back burner a little bit and focused on my marriage and got that back into the better, you know, best shape it's ever been. Um, and then we were allowed to really start diving in on the business. But the the big benefit with Apex or or any kind of um, organization like that is for me, I, there, there's some things I've learned in apex, but the biggest thing I've learned is why all of the other things that I was doing before apex, why all those things worked. Mm. Um, you know, we, we had a process for how to sell, uh, we, so that that way the the customer was every customer gets a consistent experience, right? Well, that's one of the things they teach in Apex is, is to create a sales process. So so that happens. And 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 I don't know why we just created it, because it just seemed like the right thing to do. And I was already pretty big on, uh, you know, staying active on social media and all of this kind of stuff. And then Apex teaches that as well. And it's like, OK, well, that makes sense. And then, you know, all of the things that Apex teaches was basically just kind of reinforcing why all of the things that we were already doing were working so well. Mm. 
Mm. Um, you know, Apex tells you to start a podcast and we had already started a podcast before I even knew to do that. And, and I, you know, that's one area where we didn't, we didn't really have a direction for our podcast. It was just, it felt like the right thing to do. Mm. And so we were just putting in the hours and putting out the episodes and, and then you learn what you can start doing with a podcast and everything else. And so we maximized that, um, throughout the time, but, um, yeah, it, it definitely provides a, a, reason behind the why for for why things work so well mm. yeah i mean you explained that incredibly well <laughs> yeah I, I think a lot of people like look and join those groups for like their last ditch effort like oh hey i need this to fix everything and and i like what you talked about of like going to the business event and realizing it was much more than just business and usually always is just more than way more than just business but typically we we get hit in the face with that when we're not when we're releasing it uh, expecting it right yeah. um so obviously you've been in Apex and then talk to us a little bit about like trade wins. Obviously I was at the last event. I've seen a ton of your members talk about what you guys are doing in there and just the impact that it's had. But like, how did that come to fruition and what are some of the things that you offer to, to your members? Yeah. So trade wins is a trades based mentorship program that we created and it kind of spawned from our podcast. Um, we, we created this podcast. Let me go all the way back. Um, three months into business, I had to start our business. I had borrowed $30,000 from myself to start the business. And uh, I was able to pay that back to myself within three months. Mm. And so, and I was paying myself a paycheck along the way. And so three months into business, the business debts are paid off and we're flush. And now we can start prospering and I'm like, well, that happened a lot easier than I thought it was, faster than I thought it was. I don't want to say it's easy, yeah. but faster than I thought it would. And so I thought, you know, this process for me starting this business works so well, I should write a book to inspire other people that want to do this and give them the guidance and the direction that I used, right? Mm. And so I write this book and then I realize tradesmen aren't typically known for being book readers. They don't, they don't read much. And so I just tabled it. I didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't want to go through all the costs of publishing a book and then have nobody buy it. Mm -hmm. And so then it dawned on me one day, I'm like, wait, they all have earbuds. They're all listening to music and podcasts and everything else on the job site. Like, let's take the book and put it in podcast form. Mm -hmm. So we, we created this podcast called The Void. And the first nine episodes of the podcast are basically me reading the book. Um, I, it's, it's me reading the book in conversation form with my co-host. Um, and, uh, so then we just kept clicking off episodes and clicking off episodes. And we're very disciplined that we do an episode a week, every week. Um, and I think now we're up to like 120 or 130 episodes or something like that. And they're all, all the episodes are 45 minutes to an hour at least. Um, some of them go hour and a half, two hours, just kind of depends but every week we release a new episode and about a year ago we got approached by a company that wanted to sponsor our podcast. And, um, so we took them up on it. They gave us this affiliate link and within like five days of that episode dropping, there were like seven people that signed up with this other company through our affiliate link. And we like the light bulb went off. It was like, Holy cow. Like these people not only are listening, but they do what we tell them to do. Like, this is cool. And we were already getting a ton of questions and everything from our listeners on the podcast. And so 
we decided let's turn this podcast into like some of our, some of these questions you need it. it answering questions on a podcast is kind of odd yeah. because you, you can't have a conversation with the person asking the question. They, they send in the question and then you just kind of give them a one-sided answer on the show, you know? And, and so we decided let's start this mentorship program called trade wins and the podcast is kind of a funnel to grab members for that. And so we started trade wins and, and the, the goal for trade wins isn't to make it giant and huge. It's just to, to, basically get paid for the amount of effort that it takes to mentor everybody. Mm. Um, we are a low ticket organization. Our tick, our monthly subscriptions start at two fifty a month. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of business coaches are, you know, 10,000 a month or more. And, and we're, you know, we're two fifty five hundred and a thousand. So we're, we're a lower ticket and and we're also designed for those newer companies. Mm. Uh, we're not going to go into your existing 25 person, $10 million company and, and help it grow. We're going to tell that person that they probably need to find somebody else yeah. where we're, where we're really designed for is that one to three man operation that's looking for some structure and stability and to get really healthy. And then we hope that they grow up and out of trade wins and move on to more appropriate coaching later on. I love that. And I think that's such an underserved market. Uh, those, yeah. those businesses that like, they want the coaching, they want the self-development, they want all those things, but they either don't know where to get it, which happens all the time. Like I have, I mean, I've talked with clients in our digital marketing agency that are in the trades and they're literally like, when I mentioned I'm going to like Apex or uh, an, another event, business coaching event, they don't even know that's a thing. Or yeah. two, it's just not easily accessible because they don't have the funds to be able to do it. So I love how you guys have those options that are available. And we'll definitely put a, a, a link to all that stuff in the in the show notes because I would love – I know we have quite a few contractors that are listening to stuff. would love for people to get um, connected with you because – not only do you have those options, but your content's awesome. What you're building and have already built is incredible. Um, but you're going through all the stuff that you're actually doing, right? Yeah. So it's like, hey, I, as you mentioned, like I'm not going to go tell you what to do in your $10 million, 25-person company. I'm going to tell you like what you need to do right now based on what I did. And I think that that's yeah. extremely valuable in today's world of people that – coach or teach on what they don't necessarily do or have done. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not going to say, you know, there's some cliche stuff about, you know, those who can't do teach or never get coaching from somebody who hasn't done what you're doing and all of that stuff, because there are valuable coaches in those aspects. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you, you talk about the chiefs, right? Andy Reed's a big boy. He's <laughs> not throwing a 70 yard bomb down the field. He's yeah. not outrunning <laughs> any other receivers or anything else but he doesn't need to, he understands the game really well and he can coach that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then look at like Tim Grover, mm -hmm. Tim Grover's not a basketball wizard, but he's coached, you know, quite a few of the best basketball players to ever grace the face of the earth. And, um, so, so that niche is there, but one of the promises that we made for our clients was that we will never coach somebody who is near or beyond a level that we've been at personally, and for me, the the largest I've managed was eight million a year in revenue and twenty five employees. And so, if anybody is anywhere close to that, then we're going to graciously decline 
um, their, you know, admission request into trade winds. And, and we do we, like, we don't even get asked by those companies. A lot of people can see our pricing and realize that, that we aren't really geared towards them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Mitch, man, this was an incredible episode. We'll finish up here in a second, but, uh, man, where can people get connected with you? Uh, obviously find out a little bit more about trade winds, the podcast, what are some social links, places for people to get, get connected with you? Yeah, the, I'm most active on Facebook, um, and you can just find me at Mitch Smedley on Facebook to be the one with the blue check. Um, paid for the blue check just to make it easier so nobody was trying to represent me and take advantage of our Tradewinds clients and our podcast listeners and all of that stuff. Um, we've got a pretty fun YouTube channel called Smedley Plumbing. You can you can check that out. And then I do a little bit on Instagram. You know, Facebook and Instagram kind of overlap, so mm-hmm. a lot of it's just crossover stuff. But those are probably the biggest areas where they can find us. And then if you want to listen to our podcast, it's at Podcast The Void. Um, that's the that's how you find it on Facebook. Uh, but if you go to Spotify or iTunes, um, you just search in The Void. It'll be a white square with red letters. Mm, awesome. We'll definitely have all that stuff in the show show notes. I know there's going to be people that are interested in getting connected with you and learning more about what you have going on, Mitch. So thank you so much, man. This is a great episode. I appreciate you as always. Yeah, yeah. Thank you too, Adam. And I want to thank you again to the audience for tuning in to today's podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share our content. Leaving a five-star review goes a long way. We'll see you all next week. And remember, entrepreneurs aren't born, they are brewed. I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs who are born to prove. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's